Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to Talking Transfers from the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90 Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey, and 90 Min's top cat, Toby Cudworth. We just, prior to recording, had a conversation where Graham has had some feedback from people who listen saying they don't know what TC or Top Cat comes in reference to. So, Graham, I will come to you first to explain. Well, I, I, I'm, I think it's Top Cat the cartoon. Obviously, he was not, Toby was known as TC long before I met him, so he's probably a better place than me. But Top Cat the cartoons, I thought I wasn't really into that when I was young, to be fair. So, um, I've, you didn't Cat, like it. I, I, I quite enjoyed it. I didn't Toby. watch it much. I must admit, I didn't see it much. Did Did you, Toby? I didn't, to be honest. I'm just thinking, was G the only person who was potentially around when it first came out? But it predates you, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, top, quite, it's, it's a sixties yeah, thing. That, that was that was around when my dad was a kid. Yeah. So you know that was a long, long time ago. Yeah. No offense, Dad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Top Cat. That is it's a it's a cartoon. It's a TV series. Uh, from the 1900s at some 1900s at some point uh maybe i'll dig up the year throughout this show and i'll i'll, I'll let you know when it debuted but yes you can you can google top cat and you can see the the image of the cartoon of the top cat character and it just stuck with top cat tc toby cudworth the, the initials are the same so that's where it comes from uh, anyway you can listen to what we're actually going to talk about today transfers not top cat uh Talking transfers is what we are. That's what we're talking. 90min.com forward slash talking transfers for all the latest on the 90min site. We'll also discuss some of the stories that we've already reported this week and some that might be coming up as well. Subscribe on all your major podcast platforms and follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders at Toby underscore Cudworth and at Graham Bailey for all of the latest. Today we'll be talking Declan Rice, Chelsea and their potential fire sale because they need to. Some new contracts at Arsenal, a possible departure. We'll talk Tottenham's latest on the manager front, Ivan Tony's ban, and changing of the mind by a Barcelona uh, decision maker in relation to a role he was going to take up at Aston Villa. Uh, we'll get the latest from Graham on that. But we'll start with Declan Rice because, Toby, you must be very, very happy because West Ham are in a European final for the first. Where is it? It's in Prague. Prague. Um, yeah, it's really disappointing, actually. Getting through to the final, incredible. But West Ham's ticket allocation, the same for Fiorentina, is just under 5,000 for a European final. I know it's a third-level competition, wow, but 5, that, that is a joke. And the other 10,000 obviously going to... The What's the capacity of the stadium, TC? 20. So you're way for corporate tickets. Are wow. Accounting for half of that. Obviously, there's going to be more than 5,000 West Ham and Fiorentina fans in Prague so it will be a cracking atmosphere but it's it's a shame that so few are going to get to witness West Ham's first appearance in the European final in 47 years um, a historic moment for the club certainly the best thing I've ever seen in my lifetime um, well I've had to witness is a couple of promotions and an FA Cup final defeat today it's so an outstanding achievement 
for West Ham and hopefully um, they can beat Fiorentina and get back into the Europa League because that would be an incredible outcome given the struggles that West Ham have had in the Premier League. Are you like Fiorentina, West Ham? How do we how are we balancing that? That's 50-50? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's very much up in the air. I think the name Fiorentina holds more weight than West Ham's. You think of Fiorentina and you think Batistuta, or I do, and when they're in the Champions League and they've got a bit more pedigree, um, potentially, certainly in the last couple of decades. But it's a one-off game in a neutral venue. Both teams haven't been in this position for a long, long, long time. West Ham have got as good a chance of Fiorentina as emerging as winners. And if they do, Europa League football beckons and that could have a huge impact on what we're about to talk about. Well, Toby, I'll come to you. What's the latest with old Deck, Declan Rice? Interest from Arsenal, always interest from Chelsea. We've talked about Manchester City and Manchester United and Liverpool and all of these teams in recent months. However... To me, or oh, if Declan Rice lifts the Europa Conference League trophy, that might be the perfect time to say goodbye. Is is that? Uh, do we know where we stand with this? What's West Ham's? Let's do what's West Ham's position on a sale. West Ham's position has always been at least a hundred million pounds to do a deal. David Moyes has said that publicly, and although we've always had the feeling that they might drop below that, I think now West Ham are in the European final suddenly there's the argument to say, no, we're sticking to that valuation. And that's certainly what we've been told. David Sullivan has got no interest in dipping below that. Now, Arsenal, you've mentioned their interest. They are confident that they can do a deal, but the figures that we're seeing banded around are not 100 million. We know Arsenal backed away from signing Mikhailo Mudrik. They didn't get Moises Caicedo over the line in January, and those figures were in excess of 80 million. So unless Arsenal are willing to go above their structure and what they've been willing to pay in the past, they're not going to get Declan Rice as it stands because West Ham will not budge. The spanner in the works could be Chelsea, and this is something we've reported on over the past week. Mauricio Pochettino is still not appointed as manager, but it's it's happening. He likes Declan Rice. He wants Declan Rice to come in at Chelsea. And if there's one club who will pay the £100 million to get Declan Rice away from West Ham. It is Chelsea, but Rice has said he wants Champions League football and to win trophies. They don't have to go hand in hand. He could now lift a European trophy with West Ham. I think the chances of him staying for another 12 months, I think last week I said 20%, Scott, and it was zero before that. I would probably bump that up to 40 as it stands, we're in the final. If we win it, I'd say he's more likely to stay, but we shall see. Um, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion, put it that way. Graham, I can see you. You bite in your tongue there. I I, th- I, th- um, I I can see where Toby's coming from in that I think that West Ham will demand 100 and we understand 20 million add-ons as well. And, and those add-ons aren't what we're being told. They're not ludicrous ones. They're not if Declan Rice wins the Ballon d'Or and the World Cup, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, they are achievable ones. You know, I, th- I think someone will meet that fee, and I do doubt whether it's Arsenal. You know, Arsenal are handing out some. We'll, we'll get to the new contracts. They're, they're going to be handing out some big contracts coming soon. 
And Declan Rice would would want one of those as well, with a lot of money on top. But I, I think Chelsea would pay that. I do. I, I don't think they'd bat an eyelid. You know, Chelsea, all the business have done. Chelsea are only a few players away. I've said this all. I know you guys don't agree, but I still think they're only a, a midfield goalkeeping striker away from title challenge. I really do think that, especially under Poch. And this is what this could be a cornerstone signing. This and. I don't think they would bat an eyelid about paying that for Declan Rice, Chelsea. So I think keeping an eye on them, if Man City come into the equation, I think the only issue we have is whether Arsenal pay it or not. And I'm not sure they will. Um, if they do, great, you'll go there. But I, I, I think West Ham know there's serious interest. I think if West Ham, if it was only Arsenal in for him, I think West Ham may buckle a little bit, knowing that's all there is. But I think it's a perfect situation for West Ham now. He wins the European title, more than one team in for him. It's a perfect market for them. I do want to talk about Arsenal and Chelsea in a little bit more depth, but you did mention Manchester City. They're probably remiss not to talk about them, given what they did in the week. Uh, 4-0 win over Real Madrid. I've called it football perfection, uh, which it essentially was, whether you enjoy it or not. Is anybody's guess, but like uh, Toby, you first. Your thoughts? I think I'll tell you what. I thought Manchester City would be the perfect landing spot for Declan Rice in terms of his footballing career, and he would slot into the vacancy potentially opened by Ilkay Gundogan and Bernardo Silva leaving. Manchester City are going to do all they can, surely, to persuade Ilkay Gundogan and Bernardo Silva to stay after their displays in the week. Gundogan's been sensational for the last few months, and Bernardo Silva was at his brilliant best against Real. Um, They don't look like they need anybody, do they? As you say, it was a a perfect performance, Scott, and it's what we've been anticipating from City for the last couple of years. And for one reason or another, they've never quite brought it all together when it's really mattered. But there is no weakness in that squad currently you look at the bench they can cover every single position with a player who is equally as good and they've managed to develop um, the likes of Manuel Akanji into really really good ball playing defenders who we questioned his signing didn't we when we came in from 15 million pounds from Dortmund we thought that's a bit of a weird one he's got so much better under Pep and they've got the financial firepower to bring in the best, and they've undoubtedly got the best coach of this generation and potentially ever. Um, it's hard to see who's going to stop them. On the Akanji signing, I mean, yes, we we did have that position. I'm sure many people did. If he'd have joined Manchester United, for example, last summer, I think he's a United fan, then he did have a few ups and downs in his game as a defender, didn't he, in the, in the Bundesliga? But the man is... A mountain. He's very quick, and he can also do sums, math sums, in a second, in the thousands and hundreds of thousands. So he's a smart lad. He's going to obviously take on instructions from Pep, and I think he looks like just a hell of a signing. Really good value signing. But Graham, uh, quick word from you on City. Yeah, Manuel Kanji. Um, he's been good. He was. Um... Terrible in that Leeds game. I've had a mistake he made. Um, I, I think he's a good, you know, he's a good, he's a good man to come in. I think he's got, he's getting that rotation right in defence. Maybe not over areas. I think mid-season he was getting it wrong in midfield. Pep, I think he was a bit too experimental at times. You know, 
Silver at left back and, and stuff like that. But I think in terms of his defenders, and the one defender I'd, I'd shout out to is Nathan Aki. The progress he's made this season, he looks absolute class, and it's getting to a point now where we know City like 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 Vardial, and they're probably going to go for him, but didn't need him. But it's probably part of a rotation with Nathan Aki because he's been absolutely superb for them since he came back in. And yeah, I, I you know I love City squad. I've seen playing some amazing football the last the last 12, 12 months or so. Some of their performances have been quite staggering. I'm looking forward to seeing how this team and squad evolve. I think we'll see Phil Foden going central at some point. I think he's the heir apparent to De Bruyne. Um, I think that's what Pep's got, Pep has got planned. But we'll see. Yeah, we're losing Gundogan will be a blow. It really will be. And I think we will. it'll be interesting to see how he replaces him. It could go in a number of directions. Um, I think Kovacic is one to keep an eye on there. He may be a short, short-term plaster whilst they, they look um, once they didn't get Jude Bellingham. Um, etc. So it'll be it'll be really interesting to see where 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 they go, City. But yeah, um, phenomenal achievement, and they're such a good team, really. And it's um, it's staggering um, the way they're rebuilding all the time. And um, yeah, I, I love the way they're done. And st- still more still more room for um, improvement as well. I think. But um, I think I think Pep winning this is it's that big chip off his shoulder, isn't it, guys? You know, after winning. Champions League at Barca. He didn't because the fact he didn't do it at Bayern, whatever he says, that, that's a big X on his career. The fact he didn't win the Champions League at Bayern, doing it at City now, staggering. He's doing it at City in such an impressive way. We're going to remember what he's done over the past six months in a similar way to Antonio Conte bringing 3 5 2 back into the um, public domain and making it popular again. This inverted fullback system that Pep introduced earlier in the season, everybody's now going to do it because they've seen how you can dominate, manipulate the ball, um, bring players more into the game that were perhaps on the fringes out on the wing. Phil Foden, as you say, Graham, I think is going to hugely benefit from this system moving forward because he'll be able to come more inside, but still be able to influence the game deep in the final third. Um, It's quite frightening to watch City and actually their transfer business and who they bring in in midfield we can now categorise John Stones, Rico Lewis as auxiliary midfielders, can't we? Because they're playing multiple roles. So does City need to go out and buy two or three central midfielders to I do don't, this I don't rebuild? Think that's right, I, guys, do. I, I see these people. I, one, one little annoyance at the minute for me in football is where we see Stones and Trent being put into midfield. We never do. We don't do that with Sinchenko. They're starting positions. And I took photos of this, actually, at the game because um, when we do our ratings, we've got to do formations. I was getting, I was going to get some, I was expecting some feedback from the office. And Toby, actually, on that day, said, actually, Rico Lewis is a midfielder. But no, they actually start in the fullback position. Yeah, this, if you look at heat map, that is where they spend most of the game. But their starting positions are that fullback. It's just they've got enough. I don't. I think with these teams who do this, it's because the other teams. I do wonder if the way past them is attacking them because you see it with Trent, Rico Lewis, and Kyle Walker. Because the other teams are attacking them, they spend most of the team. And I saw I saw Man City leads, and honestly, I think if you'd seen the heat map of that game, it was probably only Edison who spent any time in City's half, literally the whole entire team in that half, but yeah um, no, I, I think these we need to stop Stones in the midfield, he's just pushing on and he's doing he's doing that role as Zinchenko's done all season hasn't he, um, yeah. he becomes that auxiliary man, he comes that help, but I think there is that when they do attack, they do drop back as well Yeah, he's not a midfielder by definition but when you have 75% possession in a game or pushing yeah. 80, 
But what season John Saunders had, guys, as well, what season he's had, even before he did this auxiliary role. Um, and, and it's not that easy because I think I think Ben White um, at Arsenal, he's what he's done well at right back, but I don't think he's taken it onto that level like um, like a John Stones has in that midfield. But but I do, yeah, um, do say. It, but I think um, the way Stones has done that has been phenomenal. But we've always known he's a great footballer, and that's why he's at City in the first place. Quick word, one word from both of you: treble is formality. Yes, Graham. Yes, um, I think that the the cup final would be a great, great. Word, um, <laughs> um, I, no, no, I don't. No, I don't think it's inevitable. No, I don't think. It's, no, it's a no. Then I don't think it's inevitable. All right, uh, we will see if Manchester United. Am I going to put Chelsea in this because they play them this weekend? No, no, I'm not going to. They're going to win the Premier League. They have three bites of the cherry. Mm. Manchester United are in to stand in the way of a, a treble for Manchester City. The all-conquering, perfect Manchester City finally getting it right after 15 years. Finally. Uh, anyway, let's move on to Chelsea because they play City this weekend. Mauricio Pochettino still not appointed officially as manager. Mason Mount's contract still not sorted out, but Potts wants to keep him. Now, we'll do this big section here, uh, and I'll come to you, Graham, for this. <clears throat> Pochettino wants to keep Mason Mount. We know who's interested in him, but Chelsea have some business to do on the sales front. Now, we, or you reported um, on Ruben Loftus-Cheek uh, interest from AC Milan a while back, and that's circled back around now. So, yeah, just... About Chelsea in general, Mason Mount's future, his latest, Loftus-Cheek's latest, and how many sales can we expect out of Chelsea? Yeah, Mason Mount's situation. Um, we're expecting he'll have a sit-down with Mauricio Pochettino very soon. Um, Chelsea have always been fairly confident, oh, almost since Graham Potter's departure, that there might be a change of heart here with Mason Mount. I fully expect that he'll have a half-an-hour conversation with Mauricio Pochettino and come out of that meeting feeling like he's the next winner of the Ballon d'Or. I have no doubt whatsoever that Mason Mount is signing a new contract with Mauricio Pochettino as Leicester boss. Sorry, as Chelsea boss. I think that happens. And in terms of the, the exit, Scott, yeah, we've been told there's at least a dozen first-teamers. There's a list of at least a dozen who are for sale to go. That doesn't include some loans as well, but at least a dozen. One of those on the list is Ruben Loftus-Cheek, as we reported in April. AC Milan was showing a really strong interest. Since then, there's, there's been talks. Um, the player himself has spoken to um, Tamari's former teammate about Milan. Milan like this like this deal a lot, and it, it's accelerating quite quickly. I think it suits all parties. I think Loftus-Cheek in Serie A will be very, very good. I think he could be an extraordinary signing for Milan. Uh, they need to get right. Milan have... You know, from Charles to Catalea last summer, they have, they've got some wrong recently, Milan, but they're going to tie Rafael Leao down a new deal if they get Loftus-Cheek in. Really interesting situation for Milan. But yeah, Louis Loftus-Cheek, we expect he will be going. At the moment, it looks like a permanent deal, Scott. It may be a loan with an obligation or etc. but it looks like a permanent deal at the moment. And Loftus-Cheek we may have to um, take a slight reduction in wages. We're not totally clear on that yet. Obviously, personal terms need to be finalised. But yeah, he may be one of the first out the door. Chelsea do obviously need to, as reported pretty widely at the moment, they have to sell players before the end of the season, before the end of the, I think it's June 30th, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, Chelsea denied this. 
um, internally. Um, just looking at move people on it. it's FFP. Who knows how? I mean, they are going them. to deny this because it makes them look. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very difficult yeah. for them to get the money they want if they don't. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, they're, they're saying not, but yeah, it's clearly they're going to want to um, sort these deals out and, and talks are ongoing. A lot of teams know where they're going to be next season, which is a big thing. So yeah, talks are ongoing over a host of players. Um, it's going to be interesting. I said when Pochettino takes over, I think there'll be a few players on on who who aren't on that list will surprise us. You know, I think there'll be a few players who get a chance who previously we'd written off. At, like for instance, I said Pulisic might be one of those players who I think under Poch could be could be great. So it'll be interesting to see see who Poch um, comes in and uh, and decides he wants out or otherwise. We await Mauricio Pochettino's appointment at Chelsea. Still not official. He has been appointed as manager for Soccer Aid World Eleven though on Friday, which <laughs> I saw their tease. <clears throat> He's finally been given a manager's job, and this is it. It's not the Chelsea job. We wait for him to pick up with Chelsea officially, but let's move across London to Arsenal. <clears throat> now, another story you reported, Graham. Granite Xhaka and Arsenal could be parting ways in the summer. Now, we did this on nightingmin.com last week, was it? Uh, recently, but obviously this seems to be accelerating now. A departure to Bayer Leverkusen looks a, a formality, is that fair to say? Yeah, we did the story about him backing away from contract talks. I think it was last week, Scott, and uh, they, they accelerated quickly. You know, one thing I would emphasise is that Arsenal and the player, this is all quite amicable. Not dissimilar to that David David De Gea situation at United. You know, um, club legend, he's coming to agreement um, with the club, said, look, I'm not going to sign a long-term deal. I think it's time for me to move on. He's seeing all these Declan Rice, Caicedo. He knows he's going down the pecking order, Zaka. Um, I think it was his choice, you know. Does he want to become a squad player or does he go and become a very important player for a Bundesliga club? Um, it's his second home. Um, he came from there, from Gladbach. Gladbach were one of the teams interested. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around 200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 
Dortmund had a sniff. But Bayer Leverkusen, the chance to go and play for Xabi Alonso, who confirmed his intention to stay by Leverkusen. So that's a big thing as well. Going from Arteta to Alonso, I think that's a, you know, it's going to be a major upheaval for him, is it? So, no, um, talks are ongoing. 15 million euros, we understand. So clearly, Arsenal are facilitating this move because Zaka, even though I'm not his biggest fan, however, He's he's worth a lot more than fifteen million euro in this market. So Arsenal are facilitating this; they're getting his wages off, and yeah, I think it's a good deal all round. And and this is a real signal of how how you move a player on. I think it's sensible for Arsenal because you know a lot Chelsea, United, a lot of these teams recently have been keeping players for extra season, haven't they? A little bit too long. I think this is the right time to move him on. It's a really good deal for all parties. I'm going to look at this from the other angle. G, is it a good deal? He's got one year left on his contract. It's only 13 million. Arsenal looking to bolster their squad. And I dare say a couple of injuries this season have derailed them somewhat. William Saliba in defence. Missed nine games. have only won four of them. If they'd had a couple more injuries in midfield, say Martin Odegaard had missed some games. Arsenal haven't got the depth for me to be able to sustain what they've done this season. And okay, Granite Jackham might want to go and play regular football. But next season... Arsenal, they will be in a fight to finish in the top four. We know how they've done this year, but it can. Don't say that. Differ. Be, yeah. Well, it's true, Ar- isn't Arsenal it? Arsenal Twitter will will rinse. But I, I think yeah. I think I think it's a sign. It, Arteta's learning from Pep, isn't he? This is a clear sign. If you don't want to be at the club, we will allow you to go. I think you know there's a reason that here's a Sinchenko at Arsenal in the first place. But we're you talking know, about different fees, aren't we? This is Sterling going for fifty mm. million. This is Zinchenko going for that was almost thirty, wasn't it? Jesus was yeah. a but load were, as well. This is thirty million. There were a lot, but they weren't. They weren't. They were slightly below market value, I would argue. But yeah, I can see your point. And um, if it was, I agree with you. If it was, I think Zaka is worth another year. I think what he brings to that dressing room. But clearly, Arteta um, is very, very close to. To um, Grant Zaka, he came out, didn't he, uh, recently and explained how he would have left the club for that incident in 2019 when he was booed off the pitch. If it wasn't for Arteta, he wouldn't be at the club. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's a mutual respect thing. And, I, and, and you know, I think it, it, it's, a, it's a nice sign in modern day football of this thing happening. But can you keep a player who really wants out? It, it is player power, it does speak. But yeah, you're completely right in terms of their fee, TC. They could have easily been be demanding double that. And I think it'd still be fairly cheap. Well, I just think it's too nice from Arsenal. Keep him for another year. If he's not playing football, so be it. The club comes before any other player. And the difference between Champions League and Europa League is greater than 13 million. So mm. I just think for Arsenal's perspective, get Rice or Caicedo in, keep Xhaka, sign another midfielder if you can. Really ensure that you're not putting your top four place on the line for the sake of 13 million and being nice to a player who was there for seven years. I do get it, but the bigger picture is certainly greater than, thanks, Granite, we'll do what you want. Well, I mean, I mean, surely now they need more than one midfielder this summer with this. Like They probably did anyway. It's possible, you know, and, and obviously Thomas Party's future, far from clear at the moment. So, yeah, I think the def and, and the Congo, I think he'll be sold on as well. Um, do we see Rice and Caicedo? We didn't think that would be possible, but... Um, Arsenal are splashing a lot of cash at the minute We'll come in terms of new contracts. So if this is a new Arsenal, then it's a possibility. New contracts. Aaron Ramsdale's deal has been announced by Arsenal. Martin Odegaard to follow. Graham? 
Yep. Um, his the main thing with this is his people have signaled their intent to have the talks, which is the main thing, really. You know, it's um, it's it's that football manager thing, isn't it? When you when you engage with the agent in the positive, um, he's not saying no. I'll wait and I'll wait another eighteen months. He isn't saying that. He's happy to talk. So yeah, this will be a matter of when rather than if. Probably more to end of the season, but it's will be a huge deal as well. This will be over three hundred thousand pound a week. It'll be one of the highest paid players at the club. And Arsenal are going to have a lot of these deals coming up. Bukayo Saka has agreed a similar deal. Hasn't signed it yet, but he's agreed it. Um, Ramsdale, a lot of money. When Declan Rice comes in, he's going to be on over 300k. This is a major, major change in the situation at Arsenal. Um, they're very much working to a Champions League top four budget now. They probably weren't before, but some huge deals being handed out here and some huge transfer fees. It's a major change um, at the top for Arsenal. All the more reason then to make sure you've got the squad depth to get in the Champions League. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Don't disagree. Well, there could be five positions in the Champions League for English clubs next season to go and get. As uh, the Champions League expands to 36 teams the following season. So that might make it a lot easier. But you've got Man United, Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Newcastle... I was going to say, don't forget, the top rank, don't forget the top finish in United, Scott. Come on. Uh, am I putting Tottenham in there? Maybe I am. It's a mm. good segue, actually, into Tottenham because they are looking at new managers. They're looking at replacing their sporting director. A bit of change upstairs at Tottenham. They've made some appointments, haven't they? Uh, who is... I, I'm looking at this, Graham, at the moment, and maybe I'm not fully up to speed on this. But do Tottenham know what they want? Is that becoming clearer? What are they doing? Yeah, in terms of the manager situation, they are, they are insisting um, that they don't have a first choice um, manager at the moment. But we have done a story today confirming the um, initial talks with Annie Slot, the final coach who's won the Eredivisie. Wonderful achievement. Tottenham have appointed um, Chief Football Officer Scott Munn, who came from the Australian Olympic Authority. Um, he's not really a footballing guy. He's more, I think, going to be more the business side of it. So they are looking for a um, director of football, sporting director, to replace Paratici. So that's happening as well. Um, Phil Jags, Phil, Lee Dykes, sorry, and Phil Giles from Brentford, two of the ones who were linked. Um, Thiago from Roma as well. So that's a situation on the go. Um and it's like, yeah, he's emerging as the strong bookmaker's favourite, but I'm told they are talking to others, you know. Um, so I do believe Spurs in this instance where they don't know who the first choice is. Um, we'll have to see how talks go. And this lot, um, if it is, I tell you, it's a huge, huge gamble. It really is a huge gamble from their side. Um, obviously, um, I think one of us cruelly on the show called him Eric Ten Hag Light or something of that ilk. Um, yes, it probably was. Yes, it was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, obviously, they're a DVC flavor of the month. There's some very good coaches over there. To to win to win that with as fine odd, I don't think it can be underestimated. What an absolutely fantastic achievement that is! So he'd it, be a fascinating appointment. Um, I just yeah, they, they really don't know where they're going at the moment. Julian Nagelsmann has you know I, I never thought he was going to get as you know guys. I didn't think he was serious that he's withdrawn. Um, from the running now, he's never really, I don't really think that was a real um, contender. Luis Enrique, the spoke to, but I'm not sure that he would fit into the project where Tottenham are going or whether he thinks he would, but he still hasn't ruled himself out of that yet. 
And I said, I still wouldn't rule out the British appointment. I really wouldn't. As I said before, Graham Potter, Brendan Rodgers, they are there. They're available. Um, I keep an eye on them. I really would. Um, but as it stands now, Annie Slot has had talks. He's the current bookmaker's favourite for good reason because there has been talks. But yeah, we we really don't know the direction they're going yet, which doesn't help when you don't have the foot the sporting director in place. It really doesn't help, does it? This reflects on Tottenham's level right now, doesn't it? They are not a Champions League club. Regularly, I know we'll look back over the previous seasons, they've been in it, but they're still not a top draw club that can attract top draw managers. Antonio Conte took it and has left. Jose Mourinho took it, that didn't work. There's fundamental dysfunction at Spurs. They might not be a European club, Toby, might they? Absolutely. They might not be a European club anymore, which is staggering, really. It's a lot of things to sort out. And going back to your previous comments, Scott, I don't think Spurs will be in Champions League contention above any of the other sides that you mentioned. Um, so it doesn't entirely surprise me that it's Brendan Rodgers and Graham Potter that this could circle back to, because I think Spurs need a rebuild of sorts. It's very much the, the Harry Kane or nothing show. I've said that for a long time. Um, it's got to be another plan. But I think one of those British managers could be like a Pochettino, but Chelsea, he wasn't first choice, land on the feet. I think a Rodgers or Potter might actually be the way it goes, we've seen Thomas Frank, to Zerbi linked to all these for Does that go well for Tottenham? It doesn't. Um, I, th- I say it needs to be a long-term project, doesn't it, Toby? And, um, whichever way it goes, has to be someone strong. I-, I think someone like a Brendan Rodgers would suit Tottenham on the ground. I really do. Um, he's got a great I'm not sure either of those are popular appointments at the moment for Spurs fans, but, you know... Uh, yeah, but but the popular appointments in the past haven't worked, have they, Scott, for, the, for Tottenham? They've done it every which way, haven't they? It, you can't listen to the fan base all the time. Um, you the, have more, to... the more you look at it, the more Graham Potter looks like the, the one for me. Mm, uh, maybe be, that's just something I've decided on, on the spot in the last five minutes. But <clears throat> Tottenham have two games left. They play Brentford and they go to Leeds on the last day. If Leeds are fighting for survival, that'll be a tough game for them. I think it's a good chance they don't pick up another point. I think it's a really good chance they don't. Very interesting because they're seventh in the league at the moment. Villa are eighth. Uh, Villa go to Liverpool this weekend. I think think Brentford Brentford could overtake Tottenham, I think. Yeah, is that right? They're four points behind with two games left. So if Brentford do beat them, yeah, Yeah. that that could happen. Tottenham could finish anywhere from the highest they can come as sixth. They can finish as lower than even ninth, which would be pretty mad. But uh, Toby, Conference League this season for West Ham has been good. Do Tottenham want to be in the Conference League? Yes. I, I don't get this argument of not wanting to be in European competition. If you win that, you get into the Europa League as your absolute base level. Um, nobody Tottenham don't win, that. though, Toby. No, they don't. But West Ham historically don't win. And hey, we've now got a chance of doing so. Um, it's a, it's a good don't... way to look at You look back to Alex Sykes Ferguson winning the Cup Winners' Cup, which is probably equal to the Conference League now, isn't it? Similar. That that really kick-started his. It can kick-start a whole new new regime for for a club it can it can really get them going and i think you go back as far as sir alex there and i, I think it's conference league although i don't think i think it'll be a good sign off for david Moyes. but i think that west ham can use that then as toby said to get into europe league as a plateau what better way to sell the club to a new manager than being in europe so i think it's a massive boost well we did mention brentford there big news from brentford this week on Ivan Tony's ban, eight months, he will miss the. Re- it's effective immediately. He'll miss the game this weekend. 
he will miss the rest of the year back in January. Uh, a small benefit, I suppose, is that two months of that will be in the off season. So, you know, but I, he's suspended from all football activity, I do believe. But, uh, we're we're uh, Brentford are considering whether to appeal at the moment, right? Is is that what the case is? And um, Yeah, I think they're waiting for the um, written reasons. Um, I think they'll be accepting it straight away. From what we're hearing from, within football, from what I've been told, a lot of their Premier League rivals think this is very, very lenient. And, and some clubs are not happy. Um, so can you keep an eye on this one, guys? I think some some clubs are waiting for the written reasons to come out. But in terms of the bans that have been handed out to other players, for, for a lot less, they've been banned for three months for a couple of bets. There's a lot of clubs who are questioning this, but they're waiting for the written reasons. So this might not be over. So Brentford might appeal it. I think you might see other teams wanting it appealing in terms of making it longer. So how do Brentford in the meantime, Graham, deal with this? Because Ivan Tony scores a lot of goals for them. Mm. Obviously, this has been hanging uh, over them for a little while, and now the judgments finally come. What do Brentford do? They're, they're fine for the rest of the season. Obviously, you know they do have an outside shot again into Europe, but you know it's more next season in it because he's the he, he's the main guy at Brentford, really. Yeah, but I think Kevin Shad is becoming coming permanent for the missing team, but they are looking for another one, and they have been for a while. Um, a player who they've always liked, Victor Guy Carles, uh, the Coventry striker. He's he's performed wonderfully well for them. Former Brighton man. He's a very rare character, Victor Guy He's one who got away from Brighton. Um, doesn't happen very often. Um, so it's actually interesting. I, I mean, so Matthew Benham would like to take him and, and really transform Guy Carles. Imagine how much he'd like to rub Tony Bloom's face in it because they don't get on at all. The two former business partners, they're really... I wouldn't say hate each other, but it's not far off. So if he could take the former Tony Bloom player and create him, but aside from that, he's a very good player. Wolves like him, Everton leads. He'll, no matter the outcome of the playoffs, Victor Garcoris will be in the Premier League next season. If Coventry do get up, I think that, as I think they will, there's a good chance he signs a new deal with them. He At the moment, he isn't signed on, but if a big enough offer comes in, um, he could also leave, but yeah, he he's one who Brentford looking at. But they are looking around now. They will, I think, they will bring another striker in to help cover for that. Uh, can't really skip past that, Graham, without talking about that <laughs> Coventry through at the expense of uh, of your boys. Yeah, um, tough night. I took my um, took my young son there. Um, on the way out, obviously, I said to him, um, yeah, "I forget you used to it, but in Millsford fan, you're going to lose more than you win." Unfortunately, um, I think it's one where we'll look back on in a lot of years' time and think that was a great chance. We we had a famous FA Cup, I think it was quarter final at home to Cardiff, which we lost against all odds, and we still talk about that nowadays. I think it's the one we look back on. I said before the game, if it, if a few months ago you said to me, all you have got to do is beat Coventry and Luton to make the Premier League, I'd have snapped your hands off, and that was the situation. Um, it just didn't quite work out at night. Um, the big thing now is keeping Michael Carrick. That's a massive thing ahead of any of the players. You know, um, we're going to have to sell some players anyway. But if Michael Carrick's still there, it gives me confidence we'll be in the playoff hunt again next year. So as long as we keep him, um, we'll be satisfied. Uh, well, talking playoffs, I'm guessing somebody has caught last night uh, the miracle that was Sheffield Wednesday's turnaround. Mm. Uh, Toby, did you see it? I switched on, obviously, after West Ham had finished and had been keeping track of it on my phone. Um, 
knew it was 2-0 at half time and thought surely they won't and I watched all of extra time and watched the penalties um biggest comeback ever in playoff history incredible atmosphere at Hillsborough um unprecedented and remarkable to watch I can only imagine what it feels like to be a Peterborough fan last night and this morning that must be such a devastating blow to have got into the playoffs on the last day at the expense of Derby to then have the euphoric high of smashing a team 4-0 who had got 96 points Darren Moore got absolutely leathered this week didn't he horrendous abuse Sheffield Wednesday manager and that's how his team have responded just a miraculous recovery um, beauty of the playoffs, eh? When it goes your way, it can be the best feeling ever. But thinking of Peterborough this morning, not fun. Did, did you guys see the uh, the clip of the lad who tore the Sheffield Wednesday fan who tore I up did. his ticket? Yeah. No. Oh, uh, okay. I'll before the game. He filmed himself after losing four 0 last week, tearing his ticket up and saying, "Screw it," this kind of thing. Uh, well, I thought the funniest his mind. The, I don't know. The funniest. But, the funniest ticket t- ticket tweet this week was the Everton fan where someone posted on um, whose whose ticket is this and the person whose ticket it was says just keep it. And someone found an Everton season ticket. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Andrew Jones, it was. Yeah, fair play. Uh, so pre- playoff season is upon us. Uh, mm. Playoff finals, we wait for them. Final story of the day: Graham, Maston Villa looking like they were going to poach a big name from Barcelona. But it's reversed. What's happening? Yeah, Matthew Alemani, the director of football, he'd agreed to join Aston Villa, as we said in the previous show, one of the top operators in European football. He he told John John Laporta that he wanted to leave a year before his contract ended. Laporta said okay. Our understanding is Laporta's had some more conversations with him in the last few weeks, um, asking him to stay, asking him to well, whilst to get through the Lionel Messi situation, he's still going to come on board. But then there's a lot, an awful lot of work to be done around there. You know, they're wanting to bring in Inigo Martinez, the centre half. They're wanting to bring in Gundogan, Bernardo Silva. Will that mean the departures of a of a Dembele, Rafinha, which is unlikely, as we'll come to in a minute? Um, Fran Torres, except there's a lot of work to be done there at Barcelona still, and he's he's had to operate. Alamis had to operate in this last. Tw- 24 months at Barca. Can you imagine what he's gone through <laughs> at that club? It's been staggering. Um, yeah, but he was going to join Villa. Um, he did great terms. He visited the club um, last week, but he didn't sign anything, unfortunately. And until you put pen to paper, it's not a done deal. And he's informed Villa now that he's staying at Barcelona for another year until his contract expires, if not longer. So, yeah, back to the drawing board in terms of director of football for Villa. But um, still wouldn't surprise me if he does a few deals involving Villa Alemani. I think we might see a few um, possible Barcelona players arriving at Villa Park still, um, which was the plan. So we'll come we'll come to that in the next few weeks. But um, yeah, a big blow for Villa. They thought they were they were getting this. It was a major coup in them getting him in the first place. But now, yeah, he's staying put. Toby, any final thoughts before we wrap it? Big blow that for Villa, isn't it? We thought that that mm. would... Um change the ballpark in terms of targets that they could look for. It's not saying it's going to be unachievable with Unai Emery in charge, but that was certainly a um, pathway to perhaps aspiring to sign bigger names than what they might be able to do this summer. But still, I expect Villa to push on and build on what they've done this season, which has been very, very impressive. They'll be one of the biggest spenders this summer, Villa. They will be one of the biggest spenders. Especially if they beat Liverpool at Anfield on Saturday. We wait and see. 
how high up the Premier League table they can finish because they're still in the mix. Uh, we'll see. There are two weekends left of the Premier League season, some midweek games next week. To It's always really satisfying for me when I see all the teams before the Premier League weekend playing 37 games. You know, yeah. after all season where it's been 34 and or like some teams have played three fewer games than somebody else. It, that really bugs me. But in the interest Com- of order... Conf- confident of top four, Scott? Is it done and dusted now? Ask me after Bournemouth. Uh, if... I, 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 I said on I've said on another pod actually that um, how, how it's just fallen into United's lap. Who'd have thought? I bet Eric Ten Hag looking at that fixture was thinking, oh, we're going to be playing someone scrapping for the lives at the bottom of the table. And who'd have thought that Bournemouth coming at this game would be safe? I think that game is just perfect for United. Absolutely. It's landed on it, your feet there. On paper, it should be. They play three teams who are around 10th, 9th, 10th, mm. 12th, 13th, or whatever in the league. Nothing really to play for the rest of the season. United should do their job, but they always do it the hard way. So we'll wait and see. Hopefully Villa can do United a favour. Uh, Anfield, that's, that's how I'm feeling. But two more wins needed. Anyway, uh, that's it for talking transfers for today. I've been Scott Saunders, joined by Graham Bailey and top cat toby cudworth go and check that out on youtube just just google no, just put in the search bar top cat if you if you're still curious and listen to the theme tune i can still remember it now i won't sing it for you though uh, please subscribe on all your major podcast platforms and follow us on twitter at underscore scott saunders at, at toby underscore cudworth and at graham bailey nightmin.com forward slash talking transfers for all the latest from us nightmin underscore football on the socials and nightmen.com in general for everything that we do. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time for another Talking Transfers. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.